Good morning, Northern Michigan, and welcome to Northern Focus, Q100's Community Affairs program that we host each and every Friday here through our partnership with Kirtland Community College. Do something today for your future that you can be proud of and visit kirtland.edu, Michigan's finest educational website. Matthew Rice is joining us. And Matt, you know, we have a dedicated uh, program today about uh, fighting opiate addictions, uh, promoting opiate recovery, because it is National Recovery Month. And, you know, let's not kid ourselves. There's a lot of kids <laughs> that are going to college across the United States that dabble in drugs, and that could lead to some serious consequences. No, absolutely. You know, it, it is a, it is a concern. It is you know well known knowledge that you know when you go to college, your worries and problems don't stop. Right. I right. Mean, you're growing. They may they may increase. <laughs> they may <laughs> increase. You know, you're growing as an adult. You're learning things for the first time, and you know it's common that problems you had before come with you to college. But the thing about that is, you know, uh, Kirtland and all colleges for the matter, you know, we have something called these advisors, right? Mm -hmm. And these advisors, they're they're more than just people that establish your classes, tell you when to be here and when to go home and stuff like that. They're almost like life coaches when you come to college because, you know, you leave your parents' house. Like, your parents are at home. You come to school and you're ex you're expected just to know everything right away and know what actions and what you're supposed to do? Of course not. And that's where the advisors come in for to give that guidance, to give that comfort, and build that relationship where the students, if they do have a problem, feel comfortable going to their advisor. Well, and that's one of the other great things about Kirtland Community College is the ratio of educators and staff uh, to students is, you know, like l less than double digits. No, ab absolutely. Yeah. You know, especially when you're talking about the ratio to our from our um, from our faculty to our students, so our instructors, students, yeah. we're sitting on a sixteen to seventeen to one ratio. Yeah. So even them outside of the advisors, our our faculty and staff are getting to know their students one on one. They can recognize when problems are occurring. They can recognize when something is off about their student, and also have that t those tough conversations with them because of that relationship they've built. Yeah, you know, and it, it, as we were talking off air, you know, you, you for most people, when they go to college, that's their first time really away from their parents. They might go to summer camp or whatever, but uh, and then you meet people that may be positive influences or negative influences, mm -hmm. and and so it's a. Uh, it's good to know that Kirtland has seen this. I mean, it's not like you know, like what somebody smoked a joint on campus. By God, you know, uh, they're prepared to help those students when they get into those crisis uh, opportunity crisis mode. No, absolutely, we're prepared. Um, like I mentioned, you know, besides our faculty being one on one for students, besides our advisors, which we wish we had more of, but we don't. Besides our advisors being trained, we also have a certified counselor on campus. Okay, that can actually is, uh, you know, professionally trained and educated in how to deal with those crises and how to deal with those students that if they're troubling with addiction or of any kind, they can go to them. They can go to her confidentially, confidentially, absolutely, yeah. and get the help they need. Yeah, and that's what this program is all about today. Uh, I know that um, it's important to point that out. It really is. I, you know, uh, when my son went to Kalamazoo College, he had a little, you know, a pretty big bump in the road, and they had a very fine 
a department of advisors and uh, counselors to kind of guide him through that. And, mm-hmm. and, and, and there's no cost. No, absolutely. You know, not. A, a lot of times, you, you know, whatever health system you're in or whatever, you got to go fill out some paperwork, find somebody that the, uh, you know, Blue Cross or Blue Shield might uh, uh, allow you to go see. And when you have it right there on campus. Yep, absolutely. And like I said, you know, our, from our counselor to our advisors to our faculty to our staff, we are there for the students. That's why we're there. They're not a number for us. They're not just somebody that comes in our door one day and leaves in two years. No, this is part of the Kirtland family that right. we always talk about. Matthew Rice from Kirtland Community College, thanks for joining us during this very special program about opioid recovery. Thank you. All right, we will be back after these words from our fine partners on Q100's Northern Focus, brought to us by Kirtland Community College. We have a, a lots of goodies in the green room today because we have a full show. Uh, Bay Bread Company brought some lovely sweets from downtown Traverse City. They're baking their buns off for you. And then our good friend Ian Murphy from Iron Pig Smoke brought their full breakfast menu open each Saturday and Sunday. Fantastic stuff. Back after these. Welcome back to Northern Focus here on Q100, brought to us by Kirtland Community College. Jerry Coyne is live in studio during our uh, our program this morning dedicated to opioid recovery. And this morning joining us is Joyce Federal, who's the program director for NMORC. Good morning. Good morning. Joyce, how are you? Wonderful. So tell our listeners a little bit about NMORC, the Northern Michigan Opioid response consortium Consortium. you got it yeah yeah so uh we are federally funded we started in 2019 uh with our first grant uh through hersa which is a federal grant 
and we implemented services and programming to reduce substance use disorders in northern Michigan. We started in 16 northern Michigan counties, and today we have 25 counties that we provide services to. It's a big area. It is. And those counties were selected based on uh, some CDC guidelines, Center for Disease Control. Okay. Um, poor economic factors, uh, high prescribing uh, patterns through providers. Um, and I'll talk about that in a second. Okay. Overdose rates and overdose occurrences and just overall socioeconomic factors as well. So social determinants of health were driving some of those factors. But today, what we know is that four out of five people who use heroin, an illicit street drug, uh, four out of five people who use heroin today started with a prescription from their doctor for pain medicine. Right. And um, it just has created this whole big thing. That's why we have opioid settlement dollars coming into the Mm -hmm. counties to address uh, some of the things that are going on. Yeah, but, um, I know, and it's a, a substantial amount of money that they got from the settlement. I know the attorneys that worked on that, and, but uh, it's being pieced out very slowly, yes. very judiciously. Yes, it is. So um, with the, the consortium, uh, t- walk us through what you guys actually do. Sure. I mean, you work with law enforcement, you work mm-hmm. with healthcare professionals, yeah, I would say our biggest function is collaboration, and we work with schools, law enforcement, hospitals, medical providers, treatment centers, detox centers, recovery homes, everything that touches the world of substance use disorder. And, um, you know, we just try and improve practices that will get people to treatment, get people to a better quality of life. Uh-huh. Years ago, we used to say if you had struggled with substance use, Uh, you should look at an abstinent-based program. And we know now that most people just can't convert right to abstinence-based. So we look at harm reduction approaches, provide education on that process uh, in the country and in in the state, because if we can allow people to recover on maybe something that works better for them or maybe baby steps at a time, uh, you know, we can improve Weaning them off instead of... Going cold turkey. Right. Um, the what have you seen since uh, you guys started this program in 2019? Now, just from uh, my viewpoint, at least in the news, stories of uh, uh, opioid deaths and arrests seem to have lessened. Is do you think this? We're. I know that. Uh, there was an explosion of the uh, op- everybody writing opioid prescriptions, and that is kind of really chunked down. I yeah. know a lot of people that are going to surgery and then they don't get, uh, uh, you know, they get Tylenol three now instead of uh, you know narcotics. Not, yeah, yes. some uh, class two narcotics. Right. So is that had an impact? It has. Okay. It, but it's also created some things because if people can't find that level of wellness, they're gonna doctor hop and doctor shop until they can get what they need. there's It becomes a physical dependence when we struggle with substances. Uh-huh. But to go back to your first question, what, what have we done? Um, again, our biggest function is collaboration. We've seen tremendous growth in this region with, I'll start with one example, recovery housing. When we started in 2019, we only had two or three recovery homes in that 25 region, oh, county wow. region. Today, <laughs> we have over 15. Okay, So we know that people do better when they leave treatment and they can go back into a safe environment, free from abuse, 
free from substances and in a community of living where they can grow and foster. Yeah, people of like-minded uh, positivity. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone doing the same thing, and they in in a recovery home. There's some that have a little bit fewer uh, regulations as far as abstinence based, but primarily they are abstinence based. But you can do that in a community. And in, in a home with other men or women, depending on which one you choose and which one works for you. But, you know, if you can recover better that way in a community of people, everyone's going through the same thing. Yeah. It can be better outcomes. Yeah, because there's no shame involved. There's, right. you know, I, I'm not the only one. I know there's, you know, a lot of a multitude of psychological issues yeah. when you're addicted to something that's so dangerous. Right. Yeah. Joyce, uh, what? Uh, where is more information on the uh, NMORC? Yeah, you can find more information uh, at our website, which is www.nmorc.org. That's nmorc.org. Okay. Um, and uh, that's one avenue. Uh, we lease office space in the Gaylord United Way, so you can always stop in and oh, get information. Okay. That United Way is one of the best resource hubs in a county that we have. Really? And I don't see any other United Way uh, set up like that. So in the Gaylord United Way, there's uh, social services. You, mm-hmm. you can get help for past utilities, rent, et cetera. Uh, there's a transportation service for seniors. There's the food pantry. And then we have the refuge, which is uh, to help people with homelessness. Wow. Anyone suffering from homelessness. So if you stop there, you can pretty much get anything resolved by just stopping at that one building. Or just taking those first steps. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's fantastic. I didn't know about that. So that's the United Way in Gaylord. Right. Joyce, thanks for joining us on this special program about opioid recovery. Thank you. We will be back after these words from our fine partners on Q100's Northern Focus, brought to us by Kirtland Community College. Goodies in the Green Room come from Bay Bread Company in Traverse City. They brought some beautiful sweets. And Iron Pig Smoke brought in breakfast. Yum. Welcome back to Northern Focus here on Q100, brought to us by Kirtland Community College. Today's program is dedicated to opioid recovery during National Recovery Month. Crawford County Sheriff Ryan Swope is joining us. And, Ryan, we've had you in a couple of times about how law enforcement has changed its views on um, on drug problems, arrests, versus, you know, not just throwing people in jail. 
Yeah, yes, sir. Uh, it's, it's good to be back and always uh, enjoy getting the word out about the services that uh, the Crawford County Sheriff's Office uh, offers to uh, the community along with uh, other neighboring uh, first responder agencies. But um, we, we have implemented uh, new programs um, that have allowed us to provide services to people that have uh, an addiction. Uh, whether it be to drugs or alcohol, uh, and try and give them a different avenue of uh, going to seek recovery instead of just sitting in jail, which the, the ultimate outcome of all of this and the hope is is that people get better and, and they don't have to stay in jail. Yeah, I mean, the term repeat offender uh, applies to, you know, whether it's, you know, being a thief or being a drunk driver or a, an addict, uh, you guys don't want to say, like, oh, here's Tommy again. You know, how many times do we have to arrest this guy? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, the, the ultimate goal is is for somebody not to be a, a repeat offender. Right. In, in a perfect world, I mean, you make a mistake, you learn from it, and, and it doesn't happen again. And um, But this is not a perfect world. It's not. It's not. And uh, I think that, that the, the world has opened their, their eyes uh, to, you know, drug addiction and, and alcoholism and things like that. And the fact that, I mean, we all have addictions, right? Whether it be that we bite our fingernails or eat too much or, uh, you know, have poor sleep habits uh, and, you know, with, with the, the opiate. Gambling. Ep- yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, with spending too much money yes, online. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Am- Amazon, right? We all, we're all addicted yeah, to Amazon. There you go. I mean, uh, but with, um, you know, with the opiate. Uh, epidemic, uh, you know, it really kind of put a lot of people in a, in a tough spot. And uh, then when they cut back on the prescription drugs, people were still addicted and, and had gone to to street drugs. And um, I, I where com- do you think that sits as the sheriff here in Crawford County? Are you still making the same amount of arrests? Uh, I, I haven't seen as many death notices. I remember a few years ago when we really had a lot of people dropping dead from yes from ODs. Yep, and I think that uh, you know the, that the the services that are provided for the county and the state of Michigan, you know, that we give away uh, free naloxone, whether it be right. at the sheriff's office or at uh, township halls or the Department of uh, Health and Services, that that it's ultimately allowing people to not die, and and that, and that is the ultimate goal. Um, I mean. I mean, it's unfortunate that people have addictions, but this is a tool that that can save somebody's life. And at the end of the day, that that's you know, life is most important here. And uh, I think that it's good because you're right; we're not seeing as many overdoses uh, and deaths, uh, but we we are, you know, it's during, still a very serious problem. It's not like we've cured it. We haven't, and you know, uh, since you know, opiates and, and heroin aren't so readily accessible right now, we found in the last year or two that uh, methamphetamine uh, is just through the roof is it? so and, and that's not leading to so many uh, overdoses but it's starting to get laced with fentanyl uh, which can can lead to overdoses so um, you know unfortunately there's people in the world that uh, are always trying to get the the new cool thing and um, you know people people go to that and we're always uh, kind of trying to figure out how, how to help and, and how, how to clean it up so yeah I, um, everything it seems has got fentanyl in it I don't know what that's about. Uh, ultimately, the, the fentanyl is cheaper than the street drug, so they can you know get the street drug and then cut it with fentanyl, and uh, there's more profit to be made. But it's very, very serious it drug. Is. I mean, it killed. It's killed a lot of people. Fentanyl has, and and it's ending up in drugs that people never uh, when they so called you know purchased it, whether it's. Um, 
ecstasy or, or some other drugs that they're not looking for uh, that type of high, and then it's, it, it ends up in the drugs. Correct. Yep, yep. And, uh, you know, uh, for, for, the, for the dealers out there, you know, the, the ultimate goal is to, to make as much money as possible. Yep. And, uh, you know, if they can cut it with fentanyl to, you know, ex, you know extend their supply, uh, then they're going to do that. And, and that's the problem that we run into is, is that people think that they're buying something and it ends up uh, having a, an item in it that they didn't expect, and then it, you know, it can lead to an overdose. Just from a police perspective, uh, Sheriff Ryan Swope, how often are we busting dealers in, in Crawford County and surrounding counties? Uh, Every once in a while you see it on the news, but... A know. lot. I mean, we are. I mean, we, uh, we have uh, a, a millage out that uh, was passed, uh, I believe, in 2020 that, uh, you know funded our school resource officer and also our sting narcotics officer. And, and I would refer to our sting position as kind of like an insurance policy. You don't really see them in the news. They're not up front, but good, but, but they're, they're always working. They're, they're trying to get those drugs off the streets. So they're not accessible to our youth uh, and, and our adults. And um, you know, even though you're not seeing them out on a daily basis, they're always working hard. Uh, you know, internally at the sheriff's office, we're getting updates every week on things that are going and, and, and there's always things happening. That's good to know. Any, anything else that you'd like to get out during this uh, this program about? Uh, I mean, I, I, we're gonna uh, we're offering a lot of information about how to try to get a family member clean and sober. Um, what about from the uh, the sheriff's department side of things? So for a couple of years, I know we've spoken about this before that we have the the hopes not handcuffs program. Uh, and ultimately, not only does that program help people that are suffering from addiction, but it also helps uh, family members that are just lost. And they're like, hey, you know, I have this family member that, you know, can't, you know, break this habit. Who is it that I can talk to to try and uh, get some advice on things, some steps that I could take to, to try and help? And uh, the Hopes Not Handcuffs program uh, has uh, peer recovery coaches to help those people that, that are suffering for addic- from addiction, but they also have members in that group that can provide services to those family members to give them guidance uh, to help uh, support their, their family member that's suffering from addiction, but also uh, give them guidance and, and support as a family member to uh, help them with this you know, rough situation that they're going through. Right, just to, and just to summarize before I let you go, You'd prefer not to arrest people. Yeah, no, 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 no. I mean, I mean, it's putting everybody in a bind, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, times are tough uh, financially, things like that. I mean, I mean, going through that whole court system, no matter what, is an expensive process. It is, and it, it is. Yeah. And, and I mean, but it, sometimes things got to happen. Yeah. And um, you know, we but we we are trying to implement, and we have implemented things to. Uh, hopefully, prevent that from continuing. Right. And um, you know, we. At the end of the day, we're here to, to help. I know that people might not think that every day uh, when we're stopping you because you're going too fast, or you know you have something that you're not supposed to have when it comes to drugs or, or things like that. But but you to know, serve and protect is really it is a, a very encompassing statement on what the sheriff and local law enforcement really wants to do. It is, and and we have a. I mean, everybody that we work with, whether it be the state police, the city. Uh, police or, or the Crawford County Sheriff's Office. I mean, all of those men and women have huge hearts, and, and the ultimate goal is, is to help people. Sometimes we're in situations where we 
have to unfortunately take somebody to jail. But uh, at the end of the day, we, you know, we we're, we're, we're here, bringing we're in counselors. We're doing yeah. that. Th- we're doing yep. the right thing. Yep. And our doors are always open. Uh, if somebody's suffering from addiction or a family member is looking for help and advice, please come into the sheriff's office. We always ha- we have pamphlets, and we can get you phone numbers to uh, get in contact with people that uh, can help you with uh, with help. Crawford County Sheriff Ryan Swope, thanks for joining us on Northern Focus. Appreciate your time. All right. We'll be back after these words from our fine partners on Q100's Northern Focus, brought to us by Kirtland Community College. Uh, The goodies in the green room come from uh, Bay Bread Company in downtown Traverse City. They're baking their buns off for you. Great sticky buns. Cheryl wouldn't even let me bring them over. She she ate them last night. And, uh, And then our good friends at Iron Pig Smoke brought in their breakfasts, which are fantastic. Back after these on Q100's Northern Focus. Welcome back to Northern Focus here on Q100, brought to us by Kirtland Community College. Today's program is dedicated to opioid recovery, and Amber Speedy is a recovery coach, a peer recovery coach, who works with uh, Gaylord Catholic Services. Good morning, Amber. How are you? Good morning. I'm good. How are you? Good. So tell us about uh, what you do at at, uh, Gaylord Catholic Services. I know they encompass a lot of different programs. They do. Yeah. They do. There's clinicians there. There's prevention, um, adoption services. They do a lot. So yeah, like you said, I'm a peer recovery coach there. And so what I do, I use my lived experience to help others and what they're going through. So um, I also am in recovery. Okay. And so I've been in recovery Con- for almost five years now. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. And so- I love when people say that. I think it's important to note that you're always in recovery. You know, if you're an alcoholic, I know, you know, my uncle was a recovered alcoholic for 40 years, but you still have to recognize that I'm an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. You know, after you don't get a pass after seven or 10 years, they're like, okay, I can start drinking again. I can start using again. Mm-mm. Yeah. Nope. Always growing, always yeah. growing, always learning something. And that's why I love this job because I learn something every single day from somebody. Right. So, it's great. So, so, so uh, you are a part, uh, so something happens to a person maybe they get arrested maybe they've decided that they they've got to change their lifestyle Mm -hmm. and they reach out to Gaylord Catholic Services or like a law enforcement agency talk Mm -hmm. about that how that they end up uh, in front of you 
So a clinician can refer somebody to me and um, it's up to them how much they want to talk to me. We can talk on the phone, we can text, we can do Zoom meetings, we can do in-person meetings. Um, Some people want to talk every day, some people want to talk every couple of days or every week. Um, It's completely up to them, you know, how our relationship is and how it goes from there. Um, You know, I have some people who want to talk daily. Some people want to talk weekly, you know, and that's all okay. It's where it probably changes. Yeah. 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 You know, with what they go through. It's like you said, everybody's, you know, in a different spot in recovery. Well, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of people when you first meet them. They don't know what the experience is going to be like. It's not right. like they walk in and I can't believe yeah. I did this. And this you know, yeah. and, you know, they they have you have to earn their trust. Yep. Or somebody that are just so desperate that yeah, right. I, I need to talk to Amber every day, yeah. twice yeah. a day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like you said, you know, build that trust because there's such a a stigma, you know, with addiction. So it's you know breaking that barrier and working yep. with them and getting them to you know trust to be able to communicate. No, it's just like, I I know, like I said, I I know some people in AA, uh, Mm -hmm. and some people have to go to a meeting twice a day. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes they only need to go to a meeting once a week. So Mm -hmm. same thing uh, in in peer recovery. Yep. Um, What are some things that you might want to tell our audience uh, uh, how you have, were transitioned into recovery? Like, I mean, you don't have to give the specifics of what your problem was, but mm-hmm. like things that helped me, or I, I mean, did you have a, a come to Jesus? You know, like the, uh, uh, when you hit rock bottom, you know that right. uh, that's most most people get to a this is it, this can't get any worse. Yeah, I mean, honestly, um, for me, it definitely <laughs> like my faith definitely did help me. That was something uh-huh. that and. I mean, I tried several different um, treatment centers, and it wasn't the treatment centers. It was just me. Right. Um, I wasn't ready yet. Um, I got to a place where I was very sick, um, you know, in a very bad spot with my health. Uh-huh. And I ended up going to a faith-based program, <laughs> and that did turn me around. And, you know, that's been my foundation is my faith. Your and, higher power. Yeah. I mean, that's mm-hmm. the, generally one of the basics of all of recovery is right. when you, I have to give my problem over to mm-hmm. a higher power because right. I certainly can't do it myself. Exactly. Yeah. And so whether that's, you know, Jesus Christ or, you mm-hmm. know, God or, you know, whoever it is. Right. Um, and then there's other people around like yourself that have gone through this step that can help you identify with your problem and, and, and show you the way that it, it, you can tackle it. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Amber, how do uh, people get a hold of you or uh, at the Gaylord Catholic Services? What's, what's that phone number? What's that website? So um, my phone number is 989-203-1485, and that's a direct phone number to me. And so they'll be able to get a hold of me on that. And you can just call Catholic Human Services, um, can look that phone number up. And is that, I I think that uh, Gaylord Catholic Services, you can find it on the... um, um, Saint or the Gaylord Archdiocese's website, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, Amber Speedy, thanks so much for joining us on Northern Focus, and congratulations on recovery and your work with other addicts. Yeah. 
Thank you so much. All right. We'll be back after these words from our fine partners on Q100's Northern Focus, brought to us by Kirtland Community College. Goodies in the green room come from Bay Bread Company in Traverse City. They're baking their buns off for you. And Iron Pig Smoke that has breakfast Saturday and Sunday. It's fantastic. Good morning. Welcome back to Northern Focus here on Q100, brought to us by Kirtland Community College. Today's program is dedicated to opioid recovery, as it is National Recovery Month. And and uh, Linda Rudkowski is joining us. Linda's been in, God, how many years have you been <laughs> dealing with this? I mean... Quite a few. I think you've been in, you know, six or seven years since we've been doing Northern Focus, Linda. And uh, she's with the Crawford Partnership to End Substance Misuse. So... Uh, we had you in a few weeks ago. You were giving out NorCam and um, at uh, the medicine shop, and how did that go? It was great. It was a beautiful day. We had a lot of people stop to pick up naloxone okay. to carry it with them. Yep. Quite, we um, gave out probably about sixty-five wow. double dose kits, and I hate that. <laughs> you know, it's a love-hate thing. It yeah. really is because yeah. I hate that we have to have this right. in our in our pockets, in our purses, mm-hmm. in our in offices. Our cars or, yes, yeah. mm-hmm. um, but at the same time, I love it that so many people are jumping on board to try to help save a life because we we've been in the throes of this opioid addiction for going on a decade, sure. more than a decade, yeah. actually. Mm-hmm. And the best way to overcome something like this is for everybody to jump on board and do their part to help. Yeah, as we were talking to Sheriff Swope, you know, fentanyl is getting in more and more street drugs uh, that people uh, aren't looking for that type of high. It's just there. And so people are still dying of fentanyl deaths that are completely unintended. You know, most addicts are not looking to die. Right. So Right. And the fentanyl now is not, it's kind of like you look at marijuana in 2023. It's not the same marijuana as it was no. 20, 30 years ago. It's a completely different product. And the fentanyl that's on the street now is synthetic fentanyl. It's not manufactured by a phar- pharmaceutical company. Right. So it's super powerful and just a small amount can kill someone. Right. And like you said, 
people aren't Super looking for that. Them. And that yes. Yeah, that's the other problem. Very, very quickly, yeah. um, someone can become addicted to it unwittingly. Yeah. And that just compounds the problem. Right. So by having naloxone available to any community member, if they're carrying it and someone suffers from an opioid overdose, they can save a life very easily yeah. through this nasal um, product that is just like using an over-the-counter nasal spray. Wow. So um, the Surgeon General about five years ago asked every American to carry naloxone. I did not know that. And now, today, it's available um, over-the-counter. Yeah. It's very inexpensive. And we, as a coalition, have been able to get free naloxone. So we're able to distribute it to anyone in the community who's willing to carry it. But the coalition not just doing that. You guys are in, uh, have recovery coaches and meetings and everything else. So explain what else the coalition is doing. Well, our coalition um, is made up of volunteers in the community, and we meet once a month on the fourth fourth Wednesday of the month during the lunch hour, twelve to one. Okay. And um, we started doing it over Zoom during the lockdown, sure. which has kind of stuck around. It's easy for people to easier for a lot of people to attend but we are looking in the future to doing hybrid meetings so for those who want to come in person we'll have a location where we can meet and then for those who want to zoom they can zoom in so we meet again the the fourth wednesday of the month from 12 to 1 which would be next wednesday yeah next wednesday right next wednesday this is a long month and i'm trying to remember (laughs) are we the fourth or fifth wednesday i can't remember yes and we were um we have um received some funding to help build our coalition and so um we're able to um do some Um, educational awareness around substance use disorder. We've got some campaigns going. We just completed a campaign um, encouraging parents to talk to their children. And and that sounds so simple, but it is a um, proven commodity that when um, our children are growing up, how important it is for us to communicate with them, to listen to them, so that when they come... try not to judge them so harshly. Yes, yes. Um, That is is so true. So that when they do become tweens and teens and start becoming um, exposed to things like marijuana or alcohol or nicotine, um, the parent can... Well, you should be able to identify. In. I mean, you yeah. know, you know, because I was a teenager. <laughs> I think you know we are all teenagers. We all went through similar s- circumstances, except for you know, there's just so much more pressure and yes, uh, peer pressure and and uh, entertainment. Pr- you know, there's just a yep. lot of things that we never had to deal with when we were kids. It's a whole different world yep. in the 21st century for sure. Yep. So we just encourage parents to keep that line of communication open and to also let your children know how you feel about drugs and alcohol yeah. and what your expectations are for that child. And we may get the eye roll or we may get the oh mom or the whatever, yeah, but you've planted that, that yeah. seed right. with with the child. So we, we're just coming off of that, um, that campaign and we're starting up on recovery. This month we're talking more about recovery from substance use disorder. Okay. Um, for those people who are thinking about recovery or seeking recovery, 
um, we're trying to highlight those resources in the community that they can seek out. Um, here in Grayling, we have the Gray Center. There are substance use disorder treatment facilities and counselors throughout northern Michigan. So I would encourage anyone who is looking for recovery resources, whether it's a 12-step program, a counselor, um, an inpatient treatment facility, to either call the NMRE line. NMRE. NMRE line. And you can get that number at nmre.org. Okay. Or upickrecovery.org. Those are two um, websites that have a plethora of information for anyone looking for recovery resources. And your Facebook page is? Our Facebook page is the Crawford Partnership for Substance... Let me start over. Crawford Partnership... <laughs> we the name a couple of times. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Crawford Partnership to End Substance Misuse or CPESM on Facebook. CPESM on Facebook. And yes. the meetings happen where? The meetings right now are happening on Zoom. As soon as we get our home okay. in person, I will let you know. Linda Rakowski, thanks for putting this all together uh, during Opioid Prevention and Recovery Month. Thank you so much. All right. We will be back after these words from our fine partners on Q100's Northern Focus, brought to us by Kirtland Community College. Goodies in the green room come from Bay Bread Company in downtown Traverse City. They're baking their buns off for you. And Iron Pig Smokehouse brought a delicious breakfast. In fact, we'll be talking to them soon. Welcome back to Northern Focus here on Q100, brought to us by Kirtland Community College. Tracy Wilson is in. Good and morning. Good morning. How are you? <laughs> I'm ready for Superhero September. Superhero <laughs> September. I've been. We've been talking about it all month. It's tomorrow. It is at Hanson Hills. The weather's going to be fabulous. It looks like it. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get a nice break in weather. We're it, super excited about that. Yeah. So that means that there's no excuse. For you not to join them, uh, what time uh, can you register for stuff at Handsome Hills? We're planning on registration opening at 8.30. 8.30, okay. Yep. So that's whether it's the 5K. The fun run, the disc golf. The disc yep. golf. Yep. That's what I, I want you guys and gals. <laughs> this is a perfect way for you to enjoy 
uh, your disc golf addiction. Yes, yes. Come <laughs> and, out and, and have a benefit, chance to win. And, and, and benefit the Children's Assessment Center. Yep. Come out and have a chance to win money on every hole. Bring your card, which means bring your own group of players. Right. You can have up to eight people on a card. And then for every person that's playing, it's a dollar on the hole. So bring eight people you can win eight bucks on a hole yeah, i see people out there all the time so i want to see them out there tomorrow what time yes. so you can have registration at eight thirty. when is the disc golf and when is the 5k when 5k that we start staggering them at nine o'clock so we you start can... with the kids run and right. then it goes to the 5k and then we start the team event last okay um but it'll all start you know within a half hour of nine so nine probably nine yep. to ten thirty that will and yep and then disc golf they can launch anytime before noon okay gotcha so once they register they're free to hit the course and we've got some extra games we have a, a a basket that was donated like a disc golf basket somebody will have a chance to win oh so we've got that we've got a mystery box so we've got a set of discs, a beginner set of discs from Old Damn Party Store donated. So when I know you have also have donation boxes at all the um, branches, uh, every yeah. branch. And when do those boxes stay? I mean, how long do you keep them up? Like they're not we're, coming down tomorrow. They're not. Tomorrow's yeah. our event, but we're collecting through the end of September. Okay. So September 29th is our last day for collections in the branches. So yeah, uh, we just. If you haven't had time to register, you can register in person. Yep. Come on in. We'll take care of you in person. Cash, check, or credit card. Fantastic stuff. I mean, NCACU just providing such a a much-needed service uh, here in, in uh, how many counties is the assessment center? Oh, our assessment co- is serves, I believe it's scheduled to serve four counties, but they serve more like six or seven because yeah. they pick up extra counties that don't have services yeah, unfortunately it's um, it's something that we need to address and need some funding yes absolutely and uh, and i was just told that they just took a 21 percent cut in funding so okay our fundraising becomes even more even important. more and more important yep. so uh, please join tracy and everybody at ncacu at hanson hills tomorrow between 8 30 and noon and uh, and do your part do your part. Come on out. Be patient with us if we get inundated at the beginning. <laughs> I hope so. Hope so. We hope so, but you know. <laughs> All right, Tracy. Thanks Thank so much. Thank you so much. All right. We'll be back after these words from our fine partners on Q100's Northern Focus, brought to us by Kirtland Community College. Goodies in the green room come from Bay Bread Company in downtown Traverse City. Crystal and the gang is baking their buns off for you, and we'll talk about the brand-new breakfast at Iron Pig Smoke right after these.
Welcome back to Northern Focus here on Q100, brought to us by Kirtland Community College. We're ending today's program with Ian Murphy from the Iron Pig Smokehouse. Murph, thanks for breakfast. Good morning, JC. So uh, I know, you know, you and I know each other fairly well, and um, I know that you were going back and forth on on whether you're going to serve breakfast on the weekends all the time, yeah. and you guys decided to do so. Thank yeah. God, because there's not many places in Gaylord to have breakfast anymore. There, there really isn't. That's kind of why we started yeah. doing breakfast a couple of years ago, kind of around the, the pandemic time, 2021. And we kept doing it, and then some other breakfast places did open up, and we're like, okay, great. That's specifically what they do. Right. Um, and we're like, great, we'll, we'll kind of get out of that space a little bit for a while. And then the summertime came around, and we get so many golfers coming through, we sure. decided to do a buffet only. So no menu, so you come in and just get a buffet. Yep. Well, now that the season is winding down and we're able to focus more on a little bit more scratch-made breakfast stuff, not that the buffet wasn't, but uh, everybody – can get an omelet fresh now you know potatoes aren't sitting on a buffet so everything the brisket is hash made. brisket oh, hash. we had to keep the brisket hash on. that was the number the one bris- seller <laughs> yeah so we've got a small a small menu uh i think there's about a dozen items you know the standard stuff we do have the brisket hash so, so there is a uh, some smoked uh, meat in there right but it's a uh, kind of standard breakfast you know this morning we brought french toast we do a great french toast stuff french toast yeah you do Sandwich, uh, breakfast sandwich, English muffin breakfast sandwich, standard two, four pancakes. You know, they bring the kids in, they can get a half order of our simple breakfast. You know, it's almost, you can come in and basically create whatever breakfast you want. Plus, if you so like, uh, you can get a bloody or a mimosa. Yes, and that is some people's breakfast, and those are available <laughs> anytime. Absolutely, yeah. Hey, depending on what's going on, in, the, in uh, what time do you run it to? Because, you know, you bump up against football. Yeah, so we run 9 to 12 both okay. Saturday and Sunday. Yep. And I know that uh, now that the Lions are big and Michigan and Michigan State mm-hmm. are in, you've got people coming in for the, the breakfast and the kickoff. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. And, you know, I forget how many TVs. We've got 13, 14 TVs up yep. in there now. The pool tables are back in since the season has slowed down. Right. All kinds of fun stuff going on. We've got live music Friday nights again. Yeah, talk about that. That's, yeah, it's so been a while since you did that. It, it has been a while, and we kind of – uh, we put a lot of effort and a lot of investment in a couple of years ago when we first took over the other side. Right. And live music kind of died off, of course, during the pandemic. And downtown Gaylord has done a wonderful job of doing live music downtown in the little park that they have. Right. So we figured since the season has wound down on that, we kind of pick up on that and a couple of other restaurants have as well downtown. So there is a ton of live music downtown. And we thought, the heck with it we know some fantastic artists right so we're bringing in some new acts every friday night 8 to 11 o'clock um that's just on fridays just on just on fridays yeah we were going to do fridays and saturdays but we'll we'll see how fridays go and then come the winter season we might do some saturday entertainment you know fridays are going to be fun because you also have you know the ultimate happy hour yes so uh what is four to six and nine to close four to six and nine to close so really got a couple of people having a couple of beers and singing along with the we do a buy one get one with draft beers i mean you can't we've got the the cheapest happy hour in town because let's be honest we can say cheap that's what everybody wants for happy hour is cheap affordable beverages that's what we do what is hams on draft we've got hams we've got pbr yeah (laughs) yep it is absolutely 
So and and you've got the appetizers or buy one get one during happy hours. Well. We do, and we're bringing back our little bar menu. So we've got what oh, we cool. call trash can nachos are coming. It's like for two to four people. Some new fried stuff coming out. We've got these amazing garlic cheddar cheese cubes. They're just they're they're amazing. Oh. They're awesome. We actually stick them on our Bloody Mary for a loaded Bloody Mary. And and then the uh, chicken chorizo soup, which is. Chicken crack, chicken aka crack. chicken crack. Yes, it, it, that we we decided to keep that on the menu all summer. Uh, so you had to. That, we had to. You got people addicted to it. We had to, and we're coming into soup season, as as George Costanza would say. So um, we're getting the soups fired up and everything like that. So we we've got a great crew that uh, has, supports us all the time, and they're fantastic. And we got a lot of creativity on this team. So. Yeah. IronPigSmoke.com is the website, or check them out, IronPigSmoke. You guys are on Facebook every freaking day. Everywhere. Thanks, Murph. Thank you, brother. I appreciate you. All right. That is going to do it for Northern Focus here on Q100. Thanks for joining us. Thanks to Kirtland Community College and all the folks that came in to talk about opioid recovery. I'm headed next door on Up North Sports Radio Y101.1 for Friday Faceoff, and I'll be back on the air at 2 o'clock for JC's Friday Free-For-All.